This podcast was produced in association with FunEmploymentRadio.com. Welcome back, nerds, geeks, and gamers. This is the Well-Adjusted Gamer Podcast. This week will be a pre-Turkey Slaughter Memorial Day of Reflection, a.k.a. short episode. I'm just going to spill some of my Battlefront 2 beans and a couple other little current events. Nothing crazy. As per standard podcasting procedure as outlined in Article 21457.332 of the International Podcasting Federation Mandates and Magical Runes, be sure to follow the show on Facebook and Twitter using at WAG Podcast and get your ass to the website, pdxpodfestival.com. Get your tickets for the first annual Portland Podcast Festival starring me, as well as a dozen or so other podcasts and two live bands, all for the non-exorbitant price of 14 and change per person. And don't forget to watch my hump day streams every Wednesday from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at twitch.tv slash wagpodcast. What's the matter? You missing your mommy's mangoes? As a matter of fact, I am. But not as much as your daddy's cooking! <gasps> this is the Well-Adjusted Gamer Podcast. <laughs> The biggest news this week is probably just the, I don't know, Black Friday deals that are going to be out there. It is, we're coming up on Turkey Day, and of course that means Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all that, blech, whatever. I probably won't be getting anything, as I kind of rarely do these days anyway, but I am looking for a new tablet. Not sure if I'll find anything out there, but there's going to be lots of deals for games from 2017 that I've already seen like horizon zero dawn for 20 bucks or Wolfenstein for like 25. So if you're in the market for newish games and consoles, the iron is hot to strike for the big death star in the room. Battlefront two is finally upon us. It is finally open to the unwashed trolling masses. And so far it's great. I love it. It's everything that I had expected. It's the experience that I wanted. It's got the balance that I desire, that I appreciate. I'm already up to like mid-pack performance-wise on my teams. The graphics with my setup, my, again, budget-ish PC with my 1050 Ti, I'm able to run everything at ultra and only had to knock down, I think I did... Maybe, I think I did Shadows, AA, the anti-aliasing, and the, what was that crap called? Some kind of, like, specular capsaicin, what the hell was it? Something like that. Some kind of thing that makes it blurry when you zoom in on your, your rifle scope, and that um kind of depth blur shit, I believe. I don't know, I can't remember. I, I may have may or may not have had a drink of Kraken, so pardon my ramblings. But overall, now that it's the full release and I'm outside of the trial, 
it is great to have more competition. The quick or the matchmaking is a lot quicker now. It doesn't take nearly as long as it does to find a full group of whatever you want to call them to start a match with. Um, I am, though, seeing some of the camp spots develop now. As everybody's learning the ins and outs of the maps and everything, you start to see that there are choke points developing. There are spots on the map that are hard to cover with regular fire. There's definitely some strategies that need to be developed and everybody has to get on the same page. This is just the natural progression of playing online shooters. Um, aside from that, I'm also learning the ins and outs of upgrading, which is very nice to experience after all the bitching that's gone on about the pay to win shit. It's so easy to get in and start digging into the upgrades and I haven't played what have, I, what have I done now? Maybe 12? 12 to 14 hours of actual gameplay so far, and I'm already like level 14 on my scout class, whatever they call it. So it's 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 not that bad. I, anyway, I'll get into that. Um, other things, vaulting sucks. Like climbing up on stuff or trying to jump on top of things to get to a higher vantage point really sucks. It's kind of broken. It, you can't tell what you can or cannot jump on top of or over, and there is no vault mechanic, so your character won't grab onto it and pull himself up or over anything. You just have to jump on it, and the physics from that are kind of Mega Man-like, where you just slide off of stuff like it's coated in ice. So that's definitely a, a challenge within a challenge. Um, I've been playing now. I've got a few people on the hook um, that got the game, so... There's going to be plenty of multiplayer sessions where I'm looking forward to seeing how well we can actually like sync up in the game because squads and like team mechanics are still kind of fast and loose. This is definitely not Battlefield because it's it's like Battlefield Light. All the things that make Battlefield great are here, but like the squad mechanics are not as tight as they were in Battlefield. You basically generically spawn together in a group with whoever's coming into the match at the same time. So anybody that's spawning when you are, you're linked up with up to four people. And if you stay within a, like a circle, you get double points for anything you guys do together, but it's impossible to stay with anybody and keep that going unless you have actual buddies that you could somehow hook up with. So tonight will be the first night that I'll be able to kind of experience that and see what it's all about, how it works. So we'll see if it's actually up to snuff. Another kind of nagging thing is, God, there's so many buttons. It's it's nice that you have so much that you can do with your characters. There's so many like sub attacks and there's like a dive roll that you can do to dodge lasers and just so much stuff. But mapping everything to the keyboard and mouse is just, it's it's not insurmountable, but it's a lot to have to learn for somebody like me coming from a gamepad. And even then, my buddy Max has been playing and he's already kind of spun out from how many different buttons there are and trying to figure out where everything is to do whatever actions. So it's a little bit much to, to take in at first, but definitely getting a handle of it. The more we play, obviously a um, couple of recommendations. If anybody's going to pick it up, I recommend having a gamepad <laughs> game. Yeah. A gamepad handy and hooked up because what I've been doing is Anytime I jump into a starship of any kind, the keyboard and mouse controls are really a pain in the ass. I'm very not used to that. They're 
way too sensitive, which can be adjusted, but I was much more comfortable just grabbing a gamepad. So I've got my DualShock 4 hooked up to the PC. Um, I do have to use that DS4 Windows to make it think it's an Xbox controller to make everything kind of click together. But once I do that, everything's great. And you literally just have to push a button on it and it will override the control scheme to whatever you have set up for the um, controller settings. So as soon as you touch the keyboard again, if you hit a key or click the mouse, it jumps back over to the keyboard and mouse settings, which is excellent. It's, it's so nice, so easy. Um, but yeah, there's another setting in there with the gamepad. If you're like me and you like classic um, kind of flight sim controls where the right stick does your roll and pitch, the left stick does your yaw and in this game throttle control, there is a setting for that called legacy setup for um, the, whatever you call it, the gamepad key mappings. So check that out if you're like me, like I said, that really helped. Now for the other big thing in the room, the drama. Dear God, I got so mad talking about it with Matt and John on the Adventure Club podcast. I probably made an ass of myself on my premiere episode <laughs> as a regular there, but... Um, EA backed off of and shut down the purchasing of crystals until later on. So it's not a complete rollback. It's definitely a way for them to meet in the middle and kind of resituate, reimagine how they're going to kind of build this into the game because it's still going to be there. EA needs to make their billions of dollars off this game. And it's, I, I don't know. I'm in a, a weird place, I think, politically with all of this because I feel like everybody else is against me and doesn't share my point of view on it. But I don't care because I think I have a more logical perspective on everything and how it works. And I mean, just the, the business sense of it all. So again, I'm not fully against buying of crates. People that don't have the time to grind, it's nice for them to have an actual like entry point into the game. I mean, if they do have a bunch of extra money to spend, I I kind of appreciate that there's an avenue for people that, I mean, don't have 15, 20 hours a day or a week to play video games on their PC. Like, this is a grind-heavy game. It's hard to get to a point where you feel like you've got everything you need to confidently run out onto the battlefield. I mean, it's taken... Like I said, 10 to 14 hours to get where I am, and I feel comfortable. I still haven't unlocked the gun that I want, but you can't do that through crates anyway. You've got to do that through actual game progress of scoring 200 kills with a specific rifle. Like, there's there's walls in the game that are natural progression, and I don't know. I'm, I'm not so against it, like I said. It's also not as, like, plainly pay-to-win as the what I call trolls like to claim, because... IGN, for one example, spent $100 on crates. They bought all the $100 pack of crystals. They bought as many crates as they could, which came out to like 60 crates, I think. And they got absolute shit in return. Shit. They didn't get... What, what was it? I had a little graph that I posted. There was like 70 plus percent were the basic like level one cards that once you get one of those, the next ones you get get exchanged for credits like you don't even stack them or keep an inventory of them it just sells them and you get like a little pittance in return but after that they got like a 
10 to 20% of tier two cards and then three out of 60 crates, they got three tier three cards. There's a fourth tier still. They didn't get any of those. A hundred dollars. And they didn't get shit. People should be so much more pissed off about that. <laughs> the, the the shitty return on these crates that like they, they made one example. It's like, okay, if you buy a crate for 4,000 credits in the crate, there's usually credits as well, but they're like up to maybe 400. So you literally cannot get a return on investment on any of these. It's the worst exchange rate ever. And the other thing that people should be seriously pissed about is that it's literally gambling. The outcome of buying crates is completely random. That is gambling. It's like buying a scratcher. Yes, you know that there's a potential to win X amount of dollars or whatever. There's no guarantee that's going to happen. So when you go out and you buy $100 worth of scratchers, the potential of losing all of that money and getting nothing back is very high. Just like spending $100 on these crates. So one international government, I can't remember who it was, Belgium or somebody, is investigating this whole thing for gambling. There was a like a an EU court that dismissed it, but now it's a specific country, like I said, Belgium or somebody like that, that's actually going to investigate it as gambling because it it really is. There's <laughs> there's not really two ways to look at it. Um though I mean overall, the sad fact of all of this is that it is to an extent a necessary evil in this current age of video game development. It takes a big corporation to make a game of this scale and quality. They need shit tons of money in sales to make it work. Just like Hollywood, it costs over $200 million to make an Avengers movie. If they don't make that back, it's lights out. They're not going to make another Avengers movie that loses money. They need to make at least, not even just at least their money back, they need to make a profit and a strong one at that. When it costs 200 plus million to make an Avengers movie and they make 2 billion in return or whatever they make on those, those damn movies, it's insane. That makes sense as a business. That's why they keep making them. When Transformers, the movies come out and they suck and everybody hates them, well, too bad. They still make a billion dollars each when they come out and they cost two to 300 million. That's excellent return on investment. If EA spends 20, 30 million making a game, another 10 million advertising it, and they don't sell enough copies to make, or yeah, enough copies to make that back, and with a, 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 a profit, that's when they start closing studios. That's when they, they have to. They cannot sustain themselves as a business. In this day and age, it costs so much. It's, it costs so much more as well than it ever used to to make games, but they still sell for the same price. You cannot in this current market sell a game for more than $60 for like a basic entry-level package. That's where you see these special editions with like a little bit of Chotsky thrown on top to get that extra 20 bucks because there's no other way they could start charging $80 for a game. I wouldn't pay that. Nobody would pay that. That's not the going rate for games. But if they cost so many more millions of dollars to make, they have to find the money somewhere to make it feasible. 
If it was not for DLC or buyable in-game assets and upgrades, games like this wouldn't exist. Period. If people feel so shitty about it all and refuse to buy the game, not that they're... I mean, this is, this is in parentheses here. Not that they're actually real fans that would have put their effing money out for the game in the first place. This could be the last Battlefront game. That's the situation we're up against. If this game, because of all the negative bullshit that's out there about it and the crates and all this, that, and the other thing, it's literally like national news. It's in the Wall Street Journal that people like investors are freaking out about the bad publicity and blah, 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 because it's literally going to kill the game. It's going to kill the series. If this thing doesn't sell well enough, this will be the last Battlefront game again. It's already died once and it's going to happen again. And I've said this before, but I very strongly feel this because I am desperate for this series to continue. I will, I'm going to go out and buy it two or three times. Just <laughs> not really, but that, I don't know. That's kind of a good idea. If everybody bought it three times that bought it now, like we would never have to worry about this again, but I don't know. It, it sucks. It's such a horrible situation and it's just the natural progression of video game development and publishing. It's, it's not a viable market. This is why Konami backed out. This is why they make goddamn pachinko machines now and dropped Metal Gear because it costs too much money. It takes too long and the returns are not good enough. And especially when you think of like corporate level stuff with investors and everything. No, they don't want anything to do with something like this. It's got so much risk and so little return. So it's a scary time and it's only going to get worse. It's going to keep happening. But... I don't know, like somehow the industry needs to find the perfect model and it's, it's yet to be discovered. Like there's, there's different mixes of it. I think the, what everybody says is the best is like cosmetic stuff, things that don't actually affect the gameplay, but that only sells so much. I mean, that's something that somebody will buy one or two pieces of costume kit at best. It's, and even then I've never... I don't think bought anything like that. Like, I don't think I've bought any icons. I don't think I've bought, like, the one that comes to mind is Rocket League. There's a ton of, like, customization stuff in there, and I will never spend a penny on it. Like, it's just not something that happens regularly. I know there's people out there that do, but, man, I just, I don't see it. And especially not enough to, to carry a game like this and to make that extra profit that they need to see. So, kind of out of the cards, in my opinion. But... Like I said, the, the perfect model has yet to be discovered because you have the flip side of like raw DLC with like multiplayer maps. In a game like this, it splinters the player base and people that don't get the DLC are jilted because now everybody's on the new maps. The old maps get like lower player numbers and anybody that does buy the DLC, they want to play those new maps. So if they get sent to one of the old ones, they'll just quit. So you've got this massive attrition rate for every match that, yeah, it just, it ruins everything. So I don't know. I don't know how that's going to end, how that's going to shake out, but definitely something that has to be worked on. And I'm sure that's the hot topic over at EA right now and DICE as well, trying to figure out where's the middle ground? What can we do to make this work before it's a disaster? And I don't know. I think that it's, it's so hard to predict how the game's going to sell now that I, I don't even want to say that it's safe, that it's going to sell enough because of the backpedaling that they've done. But I think the damage was done. 
but we'll see now with the holiday season fully upon us what everything looks like. I think it will sell well, just it's a question of will it sell enough. Beyond all of that, hot action and drama, um, I did finally get word from Gamefly that I've got Wolfenstein on the way instead of Skyrim VR, damn it. So I'm not sure if I'll even play Wolfie this time around, but more likely I'm just going to put it back in the mail the day it gets here because I need to, like I said before, I need to play Skyrim on the PSVR so I can sell that thing. Um, Aside from that... We finally finished watching The Defenders on Netflix, which was pretty great. It, I don't, It's not like the, the best thing I've ever seen. Stranger Things 2, Season 2, is still probably better. But one that's been really surprising so far, Punisher, the, the new series. That just dropped this last week. So watch the first two or three episodes of that tonight and definitely kicks butt so far. It's a, a slower burn, but man, there's been a couple of like really well written and shot and played out scenes and just like great little switchbacks in the story and the action where you think things are going one way and within a minute it's completely flipped and you're like oh damn he had that going the whole time it's great um i did see a couple of reviews that say like it's (laughs) one of them said it was just a caption i didn't read any of the reviews but it was in like the news feed and i saw their their subtitle for it was that Punisher it's its own worst enemy so I don't know what that correlates to but we'll see I'm I'm pretty sure we're going to finish that series over the next few days also yesterday we finally watched Thor Ragnarok and that oh man that was a very satisfying and fun movie perfect example of how episodic movies can work just like the multi-issue comic events or TV series, like miniseries, that kind of thing. This is what these movies need to be. This is what they need to maintain. And this is what will keep them alive and profitable is these little pocket episodes of action that, yes, there's like a, a world ending threat going on, but it's not including everybody. It's like a little handful of characters going through an adventure. I mean, just like the Guardians of the Galaxies movies have been. Those are perfect examples of episodic movie content. It's it's great. And now, holy shit, we get ready for the Infinity Crisis. And that that thing's going to be... <laughs> there's a lot of potential to be a hot mess. There's just going to be so much going on. Like, 30 different characters. Um, they also got Black Panther that's still set to come out. Which I'm kind of excited for. Like, I'm interested to see and learn more about that character. But I think it looks... It's it's like the least realistic because it's too close to reality, in my opinion. Like, the whole Wakanda thing, like, oh, this hidden nation that nobody knows about. Like, bullshit. This, the entire planet is mapped by satellites today, let alone in some kind of alternate future or alternate current day where technology is light years ahead with, like, alien shit mixed in now. I, it's a little goofy. And then, I mean, just the way that they're super modern with their technology they have literal like spaceships but people still dress in robes and climb on rocks outside to watch like public speeches (laughs) it's just it's goofy um otherwise i don't know it looks like it's got great action it'll be up to the the typical caliber of these marvel movies but yeah i don't know it's just it's goofy 
I guess is the best way for me to put it. Um, other than that, I mean, that's kind of all I got right now. Lots of stuff to look forward to. Looking forward to the holidays. Looking forward to some time off from work finally. And just having fun playing games and chilling with family. Drinking, cracking, eating turkey, all that good stuff. So beyond that, look forward to the next hump day stream from 4 to 6 p.m. on Wednesdays. That's Pacific Standard Time. And for this foreseeable future, it will be a lot more Battlefront 2. Also, don't forget to get your tickets, again, for the PDX Podfest. Other than that, I'm off to the Battlefront. Talk to you all soon. <laughs>